Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica! Hey, Shelby. What's good? What's popping? What's happening? How you feeling? Girl, I have some wine in my coffee cup, so that's how I'm feeling. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I have, I'm drinking a margarita. It's mango. Um, Ooh, that sounds good. It's actually pretty good. Um, it's from the brand um, Cayman's. I think that's Cayman Jack. You can get them like um, at the liquor store at Sam's gas station, mm. grocery store, whatever. They're actually really good and they come in like a variety pack. And it's just like a good little, you know, soother for your girl. Because your girl has been out here fighting for her life. But I'm good. I'm blessed and I'm highly favored and I'm here. And that's what yes. matters. <laughs> you know what? So I'm drinking this wine called Taylor Port. It had like went viral on TikTok. And when I went to the store to look for it, I didn't even know about TikTok because I don't have TikTok. But they were like, yeah, we sold out of it because of TikTok. And I was like, interesting. So it's really cheap. It's like five, seven dollars maybe. Mm-hmm. But it'll 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 do what it need to do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so on a Tuesday. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm glad you're doing good, friend. So what other questions you got for me? Okay. Are you ready for our question of the day before we get started to like our icebreaker friend? I'm a little nervous, but let's do it. This is an easy one. Okay, here we go. So what's something that women don't talk enough about that they should? That's a good question. Um, I would say, well, this has been on my mind lately, so I don't really want to speak for the women as a collective, but I will say (laughs) that this has been on my mind about this narrative that I feel like as women, we're told to focus on yourself, sis, heal, sis, face your traumas, go to therapy, do whatever you need to do to be the best version of yourself. And I think that's beautiful. And I think that's great. Right. But then (laughs) if we are talking about healing, it's not it shouldn't really be just directed towards women, right? But it seems like there's this narrative that is more geared towards women to do these things versus men. Now, I could be wrong, and I'm pretty sure there are some, you know, events or conferences or something for men that focus on this. But it just seems like society, and maybe women don't talk about it enough, that if if we are healed and we've done all of this work and then we get with a man in a relationship that is unhealed because they haven't really been um, privy to doing that or working on themselves, then we get with an unhealed man. And then it's like repeating the same healing cycle all over again. And we just tired. I mean, that could just be from me, but I'm just saying, I feel like that's something that we don't necessarily talk about enough. And I would love to see like more, conferences or even books for men to get and like read and and just face you know what it is to be the better versions of themselves you know it's almost kind of like a taboo it seemed like so that was that would be what I would say what do you think about that you know what friend I can agree with that but I think also like a piece of it is like I feel like since there are more women 
than men, then sometimes I feel like men have more options than women have in general. And so I feel like sometimes, and I'm not saying all the time, I'm just speaking, you know, just in general. I think that sometimes that, I feel like sometimes men don't necessarily have to do the inner work that we have to do. Um, when we're on our journey to like finding our person and dating and doing all these things, whether a man is healed or he's not healed, like he has like 10 different options versus, and you know, sometimes women have different options as well. Like, I'm not going to say that they don't, but I feel like just in general, the dating scene, in my opinion, is just a little bit more difficult for women than it is for men. And so I feel like since women outnumber men, then that's why people are always like, focus on yourself. Also, I hate, Erica knows, I hate when people tell you cliche stuff like, focus on yourself, sis, heal, sis. <laughs> shut up talking to me. <laughs> Please shut up. <laughs> Please shut it up. Because I am over <laughs> But I'm um, sorry. <laughs> but I'm serious. I'm so serious. <laughs> no, I agree, friend, because number one, the options thing, that's so true. And I will say, because I have evidence, I have factual information to back up this claim because I have been to many single nights, like literally promoting single nights. And it is looks like a ladies free before 11 type night, if you know what I mean. So it's always... So y'all, in terms of y'all, I mean, y'all men, y'all got a lot of options and you know you do, okay? You know you do. I left that singles mixer with some brunch friends, okay? Not a man. And the purpose of me going was not to have brunch friends, <laughs> but okay. But yeah, I agree with you, friend. What, so what's something that you feel like as women we don't talk about enough that we should? So I don't think enough women talk about money with each other. And so, and I feel like that's a proven fact. I've really honestly recently just started having money conversations with people, but only like certain people. And if I'm being honest, I think you were one of my first friends that I had a money conversation with. And when I say that, like, I don't mean that you have to share like your salary or what you're making or like specific goals or anything like that. But like, when you don't talk about money, and that can include salary, budgeting, the home buying process, savings, retirement, there are so many different facets to money. But when women don't talk about money, um, I feel like a lot of times they tend to, they, we, whoever tends to make uninformed decisions, and you leave a lot of money on the table. I don't think that you have to talk specific like amounts. But I don't think that a lot of people want women to talk about money because they want us to be uninformed. They want they don't want us to have access to information and they want us and they don't want us to know what we don't know. But I feel like when women have money conversations, they're able to negotiate better, they're better to to get, you know, better salaries, they're able to know, you know, what they need to do to be financially independent. And I've noticed that as I've started having money conversations with people, and you know, sometimes people aren't forthcoming with that information. I have people in my life that they don't like to talk about money. They won't talk about money. They won't give me figures. Okay, that's cool. That means I'm just not going to talk about it with you. Um, I'm going to find the source. But you know, I'm thankful for the women in my life who have, you know, just been open, honest, and transparent about money and, you know, and they're not afraid, you know, to talk about it. So I would say, I don't think women talk enough about money, but I think that they should, because the more information and knowledge that we have about money, 
Um, I think the better off women will be because I won't, I feel like every woman should be financially independent, particularly if they want to. And I think when you know more about money, you have the opportunity for financial freedom and financial independence. But also for some reason, I feel like people want to humble women about, about not wanting to make a lot of money. First of all, money is not evil. Money is not bad. If you want to make a lot of money, you deserve to make all the money that you want to legally. What's bad about money is how people choose to use it and mishandle it and get it illegally. That's what's bad about it. But there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be financially independent. There's nothing wrong with wanting to like a, to you know make a lot of money. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think a lot of times, you know, we have to figure out money things through trial and error, through reading, through podcasts, you know. Um, through things like that. But I think that if you were able to just reach within your circle and your trusted advisor of friends and family, I think that it could just open up a Pandora's box in a positive way for you to, for more women to be empowered. What do you think about that, friend? I love that. And I think too, along the lines of like, if you have resources about any topic, but especially money, because that is true. I feel like in our culture as well, like we just don't know a lot that we should know. We weren't set up with the right knowledge or set, set up on the right foot when it comes to financial freedom. But also, I feel like I would never withhold resources or knowledge if I have it to help the next person. I don't like that crab in a barrel mentality where it's like, if I give you this resource, if I give you my banker, if I give you my CPA, like, are you going to try? Like, no, you can't stop my dollar. And, you know, what is it going to hurt for me to share that knowledge? So I just think that it is empowering when you can help the next person with what you know and just make the suggestion. You don't have to share, overshare like how much you actually get per paycheck or anything like that. But I think just having those open conversations and I feel like there's enough room for everybody to eat at the table. So I just don't want, um, for me personally, I would never want to even um, be in a circle or community of women that aren't willing to be help be resourceful or right. help with the knowledge or help me figure it out, you know? Right. Um, but that's just how I was raised. I don't know. That's just what I would say about that. Yeah. I agree with so, you. yeah. So let's keep it moving to our dating and relationships segment. So Shelby, let's talk about um, past and current relationships and what we need to work on. So, from past or current relationships and your experiences, what's something you've had to actively work on to be the best version of yourself for your next relationship? Okay. So, you know what? I'm just going to be honest. Like, I recently realized, friend, what my toxic trait is. <laughs> and I don't say that lightly. Like, I realized it and I actually was talking me and my homeboy were actually having this conversation um a couple weeks ago and I just feel like through different signs like God has been telling me girl you need to clean this up so what I have learned that I need to work on in from past relationships and our experiences that honestly I need to work on um communicating my thoughts and feelings 
in a timely manner and being vulnerable. So the interesting thing about this is that Erica has known me. Me and Erica have probably been in this friendship game almost a decade. That's crazy. Anyway, um, and um, <laughs> she, Erica probably, even though probably out of all of my friends, Erica has probably known me the least. I think Erica is actually one of the people that knows me the best. And so I said that to say, it's so interesting that that's something I feel like that I need to work on in my relationships or with a partner or with a man, because like with my friends and with my family, I literally over communicate. Um, I tell people that I love them all the time. I tell people I care about them all the time. I tell people what they mean to me. Like, you're not going to have to wonder like where you stand um, in my life. If you're my friend or your family member, like I go out of my way to like make people feel, you know, special and loved and all of those things. And Obviously, I'm pretty vulnerable with my friends and, you know, I've learned to let my friends be there for me. But I have noticed (laughs) as of late that, you know, I just really have trouble. Not that I have trouble, but I just really have not communicated effectively to a partner. And I think a lot of times my toxic trait is I expect you to read my mind and to know what I'm thinking and um, I'm laughing, but that's not funny. Um, but that's just not, um, you know, reality. So I also noticed that like, I tend to be closed off and just nonchalant about things, but nonchalant about things are closed off to like things that I actually care about or I want to ask or I want to know. Like I'm a type of person that like, I start off at zero and neutral with the person. Right. And I really, it's really important for me to have like a mental and emotional connection with the person. Like, I feel like a physical connection, like for me, a physical connection does not do anything. It's a chore for me unless I'm mentally and emotionally connected to you. But I cannot be connected to you if I don't communicate with you, if I'm not vulnerable with you. And I've had to learn that being closed off is not going to help my case. And Erica and I were having a conversation one day. And we were talking about this and I remember you said something to me friend and you were like when you like somebody or you're dating somebody or you're getting to know somebody it's a risk she was like it doesn't matter who you're talking to it don't matter if it's your person or it's not your person it's a risk when you talk to them or you're dating them or you're getting to know them and I was like if it works out great but if it's not you got to take the time you got to heal and you have to you know try again I've also realized that being vulnerable with somebody that is like not my friends it's really scary for me because to let someone know in on your mental and emotional state and to let them know what's going on in your personal life a lot of times it can be a lot because if you think about it like you know when life gets to life like when life gets to life in like life really be swinging and I think sometimes for me when I am going through things or I have things happening it's like okay like if I share this with this person like how are they gonna take it you know is that gonna turn them off is that gonna turn them like they're just gonna be like okay like whatever are they gonna be able to show up for me are they gonna be able to be neutral are they gonna be able to you know show up and be my friend and are we gonna be able to grow and I think that it's just so many unknowns that that's scary for me but I am learning that I have to communicate and one thing that I always tell my friends and that I tell myself all the time is that I'm only responsible I'm only responsible for how I say things I'm really not there I don't feel like I'm responsible for how you react I feel like as long as I say it in a respectful and a kind manner and I'm level-headed hit it how you react is how you react but I also have learned that 
I think that sometimes it it's a little weary for me to like communicate with somebody because I don't know how they're going to react. But I'm learning that at the end of the day, I have to be open, honest, and transparent, saying how I feel and putting it out there, you know, and then trying to share bits and pieces and be vulnerable as I feel comfortable. And then as I'm doing that, the person on the receiving end gets to choose how they receive that and if they would like to continue to, you know, move forward. So yeah, that's that's what I have to work on and what I'm actively working on. I think as I've learned to communicate and as I'm learning to communicate, it's very, I always like, I'll say something and then like my heart will try to beat out of my chest because <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like what are they going to say? And I don't even be saying crazy stuff, but I think that I've just conditioned myself to like hold it in and to be nonchalant. And I was like, I don't have time to do that anymore because I can't build a connection with anybody doing that. And I can't be my person and I can't like let people be there for me if I don't communicate with them and tell them and I'm not open, honest and transparent. And I've learned and I'm learning or I've told myself that at the end of the day, I can only be myself. My job is to communicate. My job is to be honest. My job is to be vulnerable to the extent that I feel comfortable. And if that's my person, then they'll receive it and we'll work through it and we will talk and we will communicate. And if it's not, then, you know, dust it off and try again. Who said that? Was that Aaliyah? Um, That was Aaliyah. (laughs) Okay. That's what I'm going to do. And so that's what I'm working on. I'm getting better at it. And I'm really proud of myself because the old Shelby would ghost you, okay? <laughs> the old Shelby would ghost you. She would not feel about, bad about it. She will block you. She'll ignore you. She would mute you. And that's childish. Very childish. I'm not saying it's not y'all. I'm very childish. I'm working on it. I'm very petty. Working on that too. But the new evolved 30-year-old Shelby is making moves to be an adult to communicate in adult mode but if you try to play me I will ghost you but I'm working on not doing that so that's what I would say for me what about you friend I mean I would call that growth for sure <laughs> um in my rhetorical question this is not anything you got you need to answer right now but it just made me think of myself but um the rhetorical question would be what would that person need to do or what would you need what would you require from that person or what do they need to do in order to create a safe space for you to trust them because for me I feel you on everything you were saying but for me that's rooted in I don't trust you so I'm not going to give you um I'm not going to tell you I miss you I'm not going to tell you hey I was thinking about you I'm not going to tell you none of that cuz I don't trust you yet when you were like comparing you know you you can communicate with your friends and your families cuz you trust us with right. these we don't really trust y'all especially in the beginning and I'm just keeping it real if you saying that's a lie Erica you're lying um so that would be my rhetorical question don't answer it now and whoever else you know can relate to us Answer that for yourself. Okay. So my thing is, well, since I've had plenty of time in between my last relationship and now. <laughs> sorry, that's not funny. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, actually, it, it is funny. Um, Since I, okay, Shelby. Since I have been in a relationship, I've actually just had to talk to myself about this, is I have to actively think 
and speak positively over this particular area of my life, like relationships, mm-hmm. love, all of that. Because I have found myself to like be so cynical or like stuff that I say is just like not positive about love or relationships, knowing that I do want new love in my life. So um, I was talking to one of my friends who actually said, this was a guy really, he said that he doesn't believe anymore that there is like the one for him. And I've heard, you know, some of my girlfriends say that too. And so I don't know if you've heard of Judge Faith, um, Shelby, but she, okay, so she wrote a book called Sis Don't Settle. And it's a really good book. And she was talking about how you cannot be cynical about love and expect it to come or expect to receive it at the same time. So for me, I've just been actively working on being more positive about my love life. Like obviously me being negative or cynical has come from me just being disappointed and, you know, just expecting like, well, I already seen this before. I already know how this gonna go, you know, that type of mentality. But to actively speak more positively, I've been writing down affirmations So for example, like in my phone, I have like, I'm attracting love in the purest form or I'm, I'm ready to receive love, um, things like that. And that's honestly been helping me, you know, shift my perspective. And then also of course, prayer, um, and asking God, like, what do I need to do to prepare for my spouse? Because I'm hoping that my spouse is my next relationship. Like I ain't got no more relationships other than that in me. Okay. Um, so I think, um, I was, like I said before, I was just cynical because of disappointments and not really realizing that what you speak can <laughs> manifest. <laughs> so including negative things, not just positive. So um, to change that, I've also started to focus on bettering myself in other ways because I realized me being cynical was because I was focusing too much on the disappointment or what didn't work out or whatever. It was just kind of idolizing that and just focusing on it too much. So I've changed my focus to like working out or joining a gym or joining a church or getting involved with other things, building my business, things like that to kind of shift my focus. And that's actually putting me in a position to um, be a better version of myself so that I'm in a place to receive my person, if that makes sense. So that's what I would say about that. No, I think that's all really good, friend. And I think that it's really important that, like, just in general, like, you and I and just anybody listening is aware of anything that you need to work on so that you can be the best version of yourself for the next person because you deserve to be healed and that person deserves to have a healed version of themselves have a healed or better version of you just like you deserve to have the best version of them and I think a lot of times people don't take the time to reflect and to like get over things or to self-reflect and see like okay like you know this is something that I need to work on because none of us are perfect but I feel like sometimes we go into new situations with people and we don't take accountability for like things that we need to work on And I just, I've told myself recently, I was like, Shelby, you have to do better. Because the funny thing is, friend, is that like, when I get past all that, I'm such a lover girl. Like, I really am. I'm a very, I miss you. I love you. I want to be in your skin. What are you doing? You're running errands. I want to go. Like, take me with you. Carry me. Like, love me. (laughs) Please. But, like, it just takes, like, a little bit for me to get there, if that makes sense. 
But I've also realized that like it's a process. Like it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's something that like I have to actively work toward. Because I'm going to get to the love a girl part. I am. It just may take right. some stages. It may take me a little while. Right. But that's okay. And it's nothing wrong with like, you know, taking it slow. And kind of like what you said at the very beginning about you hate when people say focus on yourself. I hate when people say this about single people or trying to figure out dating or trying to figure out relationships is they're like, oh, well, you'll know when you'll know or no, you don't. don't. And then they'll say like, oh, will it happen when you least expect it or, um, you know, whatever. And I just that doesn't help us like who. If you're one of them people that say that, I'm going to just say that right now. It don't help us. So just don't even say that. Like, that is not helpful. Okay? Right. Thanks. Manage Right. Or, or, hold on, I got one more. Or, your person is coming. Or, you know, God is just hiding you. Shut up. Shut up. Just please be quiet. I don't want to hear all that. You're not helping me. You're right. not helping me. You know, you know how you can help me? Just don't bring it up. Just don't yes. ask me about my present life. You know, just leave me out of it. Leave me. I just, because I think people mean well. Sorry, this is a rant. I think people mean well, but you're not helping us. Now I'm annoyed and we're nowhere. Because now yeah. if I ask you where your baby daddy at, you mad. You should have oh. left me out of it. Leave <laughs> me out of it. <laughs> like, stop asking. And can we normalize not asking people about their personal business and you don't know them? That yeah. is the root of it. Stop it. Don't or, ask me when I'm getting married. Don't ask me when I'm having kids. Don't ask me nothing about my uterus. Do not do it. Please stop. <laughs> please. Oh, yeah. I'm begging you. Please share this message with somebody else. Management. Sorry. I'm well, I have one more. Um, And please stop thinking that you can judge people for being single when your situation ain't even right. I'm just saying. Um, Please. please. And that's all I got. Thanks, management. <laughs> Okay, let's move on because I feel like this could be the whole show right here. All right, so we're going to move on to the journey. So this is a segment where Shelby and I will um, talk about how our journey is to building our brand or the journey in being in corporate America, things like that. So Shelby, let's chat about how to keep going when you're not seeing results like you'd hope whether it is in your career or your business. So what's something you do or tell yourself when it seems like everything you're doing is not working? Yeah, so I feel like it's normal to feel like this at like various points and times in your life. I feel like life has peaks and life has, you know, valleys. And I feel like sometimes like, and I'm talking about myself, I feel like sometimes I just expect to always be on a peak and I just always expect to be, you know, inspired and I always expect things, you know, to, you know, go my way or to work. And I've realized that's really not how life works. (laughs) Like, life be like, I feel like people think that success, like, I think a lot of times we like to think of success as like a straight line, but it's like literally like little squiggly lines, like all over the place. And so when I am feeling like this or I'm in this season in my life, like they, I always think of three things three things, reset, refocus, and unwind. Because I feel like my equilibrium in my body and my soul is off. And I feel like I need to like reset myself. So um, for me, when I reset, I need to pray, meditate, journal, get outside, walk, because I'm not going to run. 
um, get some fresh air, get some vitamin D, get some sun. And I feel like this allows me to reset my mind, my body and my soul. And it essentially allows me to do like a brain dump and like release anything that is like negative or holding me back. I feel like it also is a signal to me when I feel like um, things aren't really working out that I really need to refocus. So I really need to, you know, get back to my why. Like I always tell people and myself included that like you always have to have a why to what you're doing, whether that's in your career or your business, your side hustle, whatever, because on the days that you don't feel like getting out of bed or you don't want to do it, your why is always going to help you to push through. But also in this season or when you're feeling like this, you know, evaluate what's working and what's not working and what's not working, throw it away, you know get clear and try something else. And then unwind. I think that sometimes like in our careers or, you know, businesses or whatever the case may be, we go so hard that we don't, we go so hard and we hustle so hard that we don't take time to like rest. And I feel like, I don't know, it's something about here in 30 that got your girl want to rest and take a nap. Like, girl, I can be stressed, but I'm going to take a nap (laughs) and I will figure it out when I get up but I think it's really important to unwind and to make time to do things that bring you joy um and for me that's spending time with my family my friends traveling having a girl's day out reading trying a new food spot binging a show taking a walk doing things that do not consist of your of your passion to find balance so I feel like when you're not seeing results that you hope for whether it's in your career or business I feel like you really have to like Take time out to refocus, like, okay, see what's working and what's not working, reset, go back to your why and remember it and ingrain in you. And then also take time to like decompress. I think that sometimes like when we hustle, 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 it's like hitting a brick wall when you really just need a break. And I think that if you take time to take a break and unwind, you can come back with fresh eyes. That's what I say. What do you say, friend? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say about taking a break because I have to tell myself what works for me if I'm getting frustrated that I'm not seeing the results or I feel like I'm doing everything and nothing is working, Um, especially when you feel like everybody else around you is working for them, but not you. Um, But what I tell myself about taking a break is actually stepping away from it for a minute. It sometimes helps shift your perspective because I can be so consumed with like why this is not working and it's just nothing but frustration. And one word of advice from my mom, actually, she gave me, um, I had an attitude when she told me, but she right. Um, She said, you know, let go of the outcome. You don't have to know the outcome. And I think that that's where my frustration went, uh, went to. And so it's so true. And that was just so freeing to hear from her because I could, would find myself stressed out (laughs) when I, um, like when I started my business in Shelby, I remember, um, talking about how frustrated I was in the beginning and we prayed about it. And then soon after that, things just started flowing like in its own timing. And let me tell you something, timing is literally everything. Okay. And so what I've also learned too, if like things are flowing, then it's definitely God. If things are forced, it's definitely you. <laughs> so um, being able to just let go and let go of the outcome and trust, like I've realized that it's not going to be a cakewalk either. Like we start something, we start a business, we start an idea. Um, we think that, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be smooth selling by this year. Well, then you get to year four and it still ain't where you thought it would be. Um, so I, my 
my lesson in this, which I'm hoping it'll help somebody, is just be comfortable with not knowing and embrace letting go and having the faith and trust that, I mean, those two things are not comfortable. So I'm not trying to sit up here and act like it's so easy because it is not. And right. for me, the human part of me, I want to know everything, how it's going to turn out, what's the details, when it's going to happen, give me the date, the time, um, <laughs> give me the calendar. Um, and that's just not how things work. And so um, instead of getting frustrated, just make sure you just let go of the outcome and take a step back from it for a minute and then come back to it. And you never know, it could just change your whole entire perspective so that'd be my advice that's good friend i like it thanks all right let's keep it moving to our mentor moment where shelby and i are yanla and dr phil and we're going to (laughs) read a listener's letter um that was sent to us and then we're going to give our advice on it so the letter reads hey shelby and erica so i need your help I recently met a guy through a mutual friend, and to my surprise, I actually like him. He's cool, attractive, and we have a great conversation. The issue is we are technically long distance, our communication sucks, and we didn't, we haven't, we still haven't met in person. It's been like three weeks. We'll go from talking constantly to hardly talking at all and then repeat the cycle. So my question is, should I bring this up to him, wait it out, and see if it gets better, or forget about it and go ghost? If you were me, how would you handle this situation? You go first, friend. Okay, well, in the words of you, Shelby, I ain't got no man, so don't <laughs> let me ruin your life. <laughs> but you asked, so here it goes. Um, I would definitely bring it up to him, and here's why. I would bring it up to him to give him a chance to respond and or fix the issue. Um, a lot of situations can be resolved with a simple conversation from like a misunderstanding. Um, and honestly, I think that it's fair to express that and then give them a chance to fix it. And if they don't fix it, then that's your answer. So if a guy's interested in you, you'll know. And if he's not, you'll be confused. Um, that's what I've learned. And then I would say, once you bring it up and nothing changes, then I would say probably remove yourself from the situation or just don't be as available if you are like always available when he texts you or call you now. I would just not be as available and kind of put him in that category of like, okay, I'll see you when I see you, talk to you when I talk to you type of situation. But definitely have that conversation initially, but don't keep having that conversation um, because he's going to hear you the first time. That would be my short and simple um, advice. What about you, Shelby? Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you said. It's probably about to be a reiteration of everything you said, but I believe that honesty is the best policy. And as I have said, men cannot read your mind. My homeboy tells me that all the time when we have these random, deep conversations. And, you know, I think that you owe it up. I think you owe it to him to like bring it up and tell him how you're feeling. So bring it up, get it off your chest, see how he responds. And then how he responds will let you know if he's worth your time or not. Because I feel like people always show us who they are. We just tend to not believe them or make excuses for them. Like, however he responds, however he reacts, make sure you take note. Because that's going to tell you if this person is worth my time. You know, do I want to talk? Do I want to date? Do I want to continue to get to know him? But then also, like, it, it's just been two or three weeks. So, a lot of times, like, I think that as women, we tend to move faster than men do sometimes. 
And so I think maybe just also bringing that up, just telling him what your expectations are and what you want. So you can see if y'all are on the same page with each other, because it'd be two different things going on in my mind and probably two different things in something completely going different that's going on in a male's mind. That's what I would say, but I'm going to give my own disclaimer. I ain't got no man. Don't let me know life. But um, <laughs> that's just <laughs> that's just what I would do. No, that's true. I feel like communication is the key. And I I mean, I feel like three weeks is um, is long enough. Um, at least, I mean, it doesn't say if they've met at all. Oh, it said we still haven't met in person. Yeah, I think three weeks you should have met him by now so that he's not wasting your time, you know? that It's not just about him wasting yours, but um, whatever. I forgot what I was trying to say. But basically, just because if you meet somebody in person, it could be a whole different vibe than what you were doing on the phone, um, texting each other. You know what I mean? Like, it could just be a totally different um, interaction, or it could be the same. But I think meeting in person is, like, so important if you still haven't met him. So, um, yeah, just speak up for yourself. That's all I would add to that. So if you have any questions out there that you want us to answer and give our advice on, send us an email to allthingsmelanin.com or slide in our DMs at allthingsmelanin underscore underscore on IG. So... Um, we are going to leave you with words of encouragement. Okay, so our words of encouragement come from Romans 15 and 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so when I read this Bible verse, this is just like what comes to mind, what's on my spirit, what's on my heart. So... I can relate to this because I feel like one thing that I've had to learn is that nobody that is walking the face of this earth can make you feel whole, happy, um, content, at peace, or any other emotion that you're seeking. Only God can do that. And if you're looking for someone or something else to fill you up, you're always going to feel empty. It's never going to be enough. And you're always going to want more and to seek validation from them. Um in full transparency in the past, um, I've been someone who has relied on others to fill me up, but I've quickly realized, like I said, that that's never going to be enough. So when I think about the verse, this verse, it reminds me that God is the only person who can fill me up. God is the only person that can be my source of hope. He is the only person that can be my source of joy and peace. He's the only person that I can really, you know, trust in to make me filled with joy and for that to overflow and for me to be confident in who I am, but be confident in who he is. And so I've really been praying and asking God to fill me with joy and peace as I trust him in this season of my life, because this season of my life is kicking my butt. I ain't even gonna lie to y'all. I've been out here fighting for my life. (laughs) Like I really, really have. And so I encourage you, whatever season you're in, It may be hard to have hope. It may be hard to have joy. It may be hard to have peace. It may be hard to have happiness and even be optimistic. But I can tell you, you can try your friend. You can try your man. You can try a chocolate chip cookie. You can try a margarita or Hennessy. You can try all these different things. And it's literally never going to be enough. It may satisfy you for a little bit, but it's not going to fill you up. So I really encourage you to try Jesus. 
I, he may, and my mama always says this, like trouble doesn't last always. He may not come when you want him, but he's right on time. And so I pray that whatever season you're in in your life, if you are feeling not whole or empty and you're feeling hopeless, I pray that you would just have a little talk with Jesus and you would be surprised at just how pouring at your, how pouring out your heart and your feelings and your thoughts and your fears and your worries and anxieties, how pouring everything out at God's feet can make you feel so content. But also when you do that, you give God an opportunity to fill you back up with what you need. Because it's never, I think a lot of times we want to be the hero in our own story. But I've learned that sometimes we feel what we feel and we go through what we go through because we're not allowing God to be our source. That's what I say. Yeah, and I'll just quickly add, um, I definitely read this verse a lot when I'm feeling super doubtful about things or feeling weary or tired of the wait for an answer on what I'm praying for or what I'm praying about. And I think we sometimes uh, forget that, like, we would think that each day we, I think sometimes we forget that each day we need to be need to have our faith recharged you know what I mean it's not like we can just pray one time this week and then we good for the next few weeks or a few months like no I need constant prayer I need to constantly be filled with joy and peace I need to constantly you know say this verse and um you know sometimes I honestly don't have the words to say so I'll just read this over and over and over until I begin to actually receive it and um believe it so that's what I would add to that cool Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and pray us on out. Close your eyes. Bow your head. If you're driving, sway with it. Here we go. Heavenly Father, we come to you as humble as we know how. First and foremost, not to ask you for anything, but to thank you for everything. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for each and every person that has assembled to listen to this podcast. We don't know what season they are in their life, but we know that you do. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know what they're enduring. We don't know what they have on their plate, but we know that you do. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would fill them up with your love, your grace, your kindness, and your mercy. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would make a way out of no way for them. I pray, Lord Jesus, that they that you would bless them. I pray that you would exceed their expectations, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would cover them. I pray that you would keep them, and I pray that you would go before them. I also pray, Lord Jesus, for the person who is in the in-between stage of their life. Lord Jesus, they don't know what to do next. They don't know what they're called to do. They have all of these mixed emotions. But I pray, Lord Jesus, that they know that they were made for a time like this. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will let them know that their time is coming and to trust in you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.